I'm Mike Bridenstine, and I have listened to None Taken. Uh, I'm going to do a question. Do you want to pick a number? What are my, uh, what's my range? Oh, uh, five. Okay. Four. I, I like four. Um, <laughs> so do you think that Cher, you know, the singer Cher? Sure. Do you, do you feel like, I don't mean this. I don't think that she looks bad. I don't mean it to sound like that. Do you think that she sounds like a dog when she sings? What? What I think most of the time she's so auto-tuned, I wouldn't even know. Well, what especially that like. song, like yeah. how old Cher is. I just googled it. She's fucking seventy-five years yeah, old. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of memes about uh, her being a vampire. So my my question is, that's not the question. What okay. dog is she? Uh, a wiener dog. I was going golden retriever. Wiener dogs could yap oh. more. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking golden retriever, but I could hear golden retriever is a lot deeper voice. I, though. Right. Well, have you heard her sing? Oh, I, I could also right. do husky. I think huskies can be super high actually, and, and vocal. Yeah, they're super vocal. Do you ever feel like they can sing and they're just like not doing it because they're afraid that they're going to have like a management deal and have to tour <laughs> and stuff? You mean she's purposely doing it? No, no, no. Oh, no, the no, huskies. Like huskies, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, I follow so many husky accounts on Instagram just because I think they're adorable and I love watching. Like, you've seen those videos where people just like talk to them and they just act like they're having a conversation. That's what I'm with saying, I think they can talk. Yeah. Sometimes I think Petra can talk. She's like, no, but if I do, you'll have to ask me questions all the time. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good question. Thanks. No, thank you. Uh, do you want me to do You're this first welcome, one or Dustin. do you? <laughs> Um, I don't mind. I'll do it. Okay. The UN's climate panel, the IPCC, released a, highly, <laughs> released a highly anticipated report on climate change, noting that climate change is intensifying and already affecting every inhabited region across the globe, warning that limiting warming to key targets will be beyond reach unless there are immediate large-scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so what they're saying is basically at this point, we have a one and a half degree um, temperature increase built in. Like it's that, that train's left the station. Um, you know, back when Al Gore was talking about it back in the 90s, we were supposed to prevent that train from leaving the station. That's, we're, we're past that, unfortunately. We're going to hit the one and a half for sure. Um, but can we stop it from going further? So a lot of what's going to happen is people are going to have to adapt on some levels. There's going to be parts of parts of uh, land masses that are currently inhabited that won't be able to be inhabited in the near future. And I believe the proposition here in this report is that we want to be net zero emissions by 2050 in, in most major countries, which is a which is a, a significant ramp up from what they were saying we should try to do previously. Right. And that's because <clears throat> that's because those initial targets are going to be. Yeah, they, I mean, they're going to be exceeded. Yeah, we're, we're blowing past those. It's, that's not even it. There's no no way to stop that train at this point. So do we have enough resources to have parallel attacks on that where we're like simultaneously trying to mitigate the effects of it while trying to ramp down? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the optimists would say so that, that we'll be able to develop technologies that will help us get through that um, and adapt um and you know still continue to thrive and survive it i, I mean, mean not like the bahamas but you know like miami sure. well not miami it's already underwater 
where's is the Netherlands? I I want to say they're sure. Yep, they're, they're yeah. looking at pretty significant yeah. uh, loss of landmass. I think most of the country is below sea level. Um, so yeah, that's not not good. Um, and they've they've done a ton to sort of manage. I mean, they're you know, famous for it. They yeah, they, they've done that as I mean before this was an issue just because of yeah. the title situation. Right. Um, but that's, it, it's, yeah, it's not looking good for places like that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples of, of what global warming is doing across the planet right now. I mean, you got those fires in Greece. You don't know if you saw that, they're just blowing through that Island. It's crazy. Yeah, it was scary. Cause it was like on a boat leaving a like ferry terminal, almost as if like you're getting away from a, you know, the last time an old buddy will be on the kind Island. Like, yeah. Yeah. It looked pretty pretty apocalyptic we have the the fire here in california in northern california the dixie fire dixie norris dude <laughs> i'm glad you could maybe laugh about a force, th- a force th- fire. Th- thanks <laughs> um that fire has burned almost 500,000 acres it is actually the the largest single wildfire in california history it's second if you can if you include like the complex fires which is a oh, combination right. of like it's like last year's august complex yeah, fire we which talked was, about that yeah that was a uh, 30 different fires i believe that they were kind of grouped as one and so that one burned over a million acres um but if you look at it just as an individual flyer it's actually the biggest in california history okay. is that winding down this is a couple days old note so no uh, no in fact so temperatures have been in the hundreds in oh. the, that area can you imagine dude like trying to fight the fire or even if you live in the area i mean i imagine there. it's hot next to the fire anyways but yes no but i mean even if you're you know if you're 50 miles away yeah. and you, you know the 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 air is just filled with smoke and it's a hundred degrees. That's gotta be just you know, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. That's, that's hell on earth. Um, so no, actually they, they had it up to 35% contained at some point last week and it dropped down back to like the twenties because uh. of the winds and the conditions. A lot of these, uh, firefighters who are veteran firefighters are saying that this is like nothing they've ever seen. Really? Seen, they they said that last year when they've seen some shit. Uh, so, I mean, some, these fires are big enough to create their own weather. Uh, so this is, is like insane. one of those things where it's like, if they happened occasionally, there's probably like something to be said about it. Maybe not being this huge climate crisis. Yeah. Right. But, but like, you, I mean, if it's something that's supposed to happen every 500 years and it happens every year, there's something to worry about that. And people dismiss it saying California didn't take care of their forests by doing enough controlled burns. Uh, I mean, are, they're not talking about that this time. Is there a reason or is that just old news? I think that's old news. And I so that was a sort of a Trump talking point. Uh, the thing that he failed Did to mention. Did that come was, out from just Trump? I mean, no, it's been it's come out from the other people, but he he was a big proponent of that. Um, like he only said that was why, which is the, the yeah. issue with it. Because that, that is an issue, but it's not the only reason. When he came to visit Paradise, he said it in the press conference. Um, right. By the way, this fire is right next to Paradise. So it's that same region, that same area again. Um, that's what actually, I have a planting trees again. I have a buddy who, uh, the same buddy actually, um, he um, he worked up in Susanville for about a year, like three years ago. So he knows people up there. Susanville was also in northern, uh, northeastern California, like 150 miles north of Sacramento, something like that, uh, which is in the same vicinity as a fire. And he sent me a picture. I think I sent it to you. Yeah. Um, it just looks like a hellscape, man. Yeah. Uh, looks like a lava yeah. field. Yeah. I think um, over 100 structures already lost. Um, fortunately at this point, no loss of life, but so, oh, to your point about the, the whole thing about it, not just being cyclical, um, most, I think the top 20 fires in California history that's recorded, um, I want to say all but three or four of them have been in the last 
15 to 20 years. Yeah. That's not cyclical. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not rubbing it in to say that the fears of that are part of why I left that state more, more so that any place where I could have bought or afforded to buy a home would have been in these woodland areas mm-hmm. and you can't even get insurance where you're homes. at significant risk. Yeah. Well, you can't even get insurance on those homes anymore. We talked about on the podcast last year, the, uh, the, there was a moratorium through the end of last year, uh, mm-hmm. that had already been extended. The state of California wasn't allowing insurance companies to drop policies on those residents. But like now I think they're not insured. Um, and, and any new structures aren't going to be insured. Like you're not going to be able to get insurance if you live basically outside of a city in, in, in California because yeah, it's all I, combustible. I do think they need to do more controlled burns, but it, it's just, the you know, it's a combination of the population. drought and, and population and the heat conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's just stacked on top of it. So it's really, it's, it's a bad situation. Unfortunately, it looks like PG&E might be on the hook again for this. Really? One. Uh, no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they think it was pos- probably caused by a, um, like a, a blown fuse and a malfunctioning something on one of their poles out there. Like a transformer so. or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, um, some things like when we talk about mitigation for that. So there's a couple of news items from the last week. President Biden signed an executive order establishing a target for 50% of new cars and light trucks sold in the U.S. to be zero emission by 2030. It's nine years from now. Uh, in case you're wondering where we're at right now, only about 2% of U.S. car sales in 2020 were electric. I don't know if I'd use 2020 for a metric on any of this, but... <laughs> right. A little bit skewed. Yeah. Those numbers be having a slant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I mean, the more we can do, the better. I, I think I it's am, a good am, thing, too. I just would love to have seen companies taking that lead at this point. As opposed this, to, yeah. I mean... I, Again, this is a this I, there's libertarians t- that won't agree with me, but to me, I I'm drinking the Kool Aid on this being a total crisis. I think that yeah, I, I I and you know I've spent plenty of time entertaining the other ideas about what's caused climate change, and it's 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 man made, and anything that we can do to mitigate that that like I haven't heard a lot of pushback from these car companies because I feel like where they did before they've kind of started they're kind of like oil companies where they're like well we need to get out of this we can't have all our eggs in these baskets anymore anyways mm-hmm. so it's in their best interest to to move with it 50 yep. percent might be an aggressive target um and while i don't care for that from leadership sometimes like you know in a corporate environment it's nice to get those types of goals i just yeah. don't like seeing that from well and government. also this is a target this isn't like a law that's true too yeah that's so, true. yeah so that's very true but, yeah but it does give some leadership to the situation and, and to your point a lot of these car manufacturers have already begun moving in that direction yeah. um because well, they want to sell is, their cars to people yeah, that can buy their, cars like it's yeah their sorry, financial incentive yeah. absolutely um i mean if you recall during the Trump administration, they they were fighting California because California had enacted, you know, pretty extensive um, EPA. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so like along those same lines, that was another item from last week. Uh, the Biden administration unveiled plans to reinstate stricter EPA fuel efficiency standards that were rolled back under the Trump yep. administration. California kept those the whole time. Right. And, right. And, and the EPA fought them, but the California won. And yeah. one, one. And, and I think, in that time, and that might be what you were just saying, that the car companies were like, no, we're fine with this. Stop. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> California wants exactly. that. We'll sell them the cars to do that. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Joe, speaking of the EPA, I don't know if the uh, latest Intercept uh, podcast has a couple of whistleblowers from the EPA talking about how I they listen to that. I was like absentmindedly listening to that when I wanted to go Isn't back. Is that to crazy? It. I don't remember right now. Tell me about it. So oh, they so, were told to forge document, or they uh, what was it? They had they had what was called HOF incidents, where ba- where basically a company that wanted some some sort of chemical approved, this big chemical company like your Monsanto's or whatever, would would call up the EPA and be like, "Look, we need this uh, pesticide to be in production. Like, it's got to we got to get this out there." And so they actually had what was called an HOF, a hair on fire incident, and they actually assigned managers to to deal with these incidents so when the company's called they could effectively bypass any toxicology studies and just get that stuff out there um, and they were actually celebrating it they had like cakes when they passed the 1000 mark of having done this it's just insane stuff <laughs> no, yeah i remember the cakes part and yeah. just yeah. so it was like they had gotten a certain the company that they had gotten something approved had passed a milestone in like sales or something and they were celebrating with a cake. It might not have been sales, but it was something. It was a metric that only person that should be happy about this was the company that got something the approved company? by the EPA. And yeah, it was the number of of um, chemicals that they had approved bypassing that's like, what it the was? toxicology reports. Yes. So, yeah. Alan, when, what do you think my libertarian response is when I think of a failure of a, of a structure <laughs> like that? that's the nature of bureaucracy bureaucracy yes but come on okay. i want to be positive i want to be solutions oriented what do i say like there should that? be there should be a private there should be competition it, within that sector like yeah. there should be multiple places that can approve these things and when one finds out to be corrupt nobody like it we you know we don't even have to boycott but maybe maybe that would be the extent of it is you boycott that brand until they deal with one of the four other companies that hasn't been captured yet and capture will always be a thing because this is just a shell game but when you put that into the government's company and they have a monopoly on running that when it fails that's it you're stuck with that one and you know it's like uh i don't think we're going to talk about it rent control or um (laughs) <laughs> you know, like not rent control, but uh, moratorium uh, on evictions. Yeah, right. So it's not what's happening. The government has not nationalized private property. However, mm-hmm. the longer this happens, the more people will be nervous about that, and the more it'll undermine that sector. But the, you know, there's there's a lot of calls from like my generation and people younger than me that are saying like we should get rid of landlords, and it's like, <laughs> first of How's all, that's that not physically possible. Like, it's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. but. But, you know, they if if your solution is for you to have those those that property owned by the government, there isn't a worse landlord on the planet than the government, because like because any government just pick a government in history and be like, man, all those buildings they run suck, like housing projects, shit like that, like. I feel like that was related. Oh yeah. So the, you know, so here we are with one EPA and all it takes is an anomaly of a presidential election and an appointment of, uh, a private sector, bad actor mm-hmm. to completely and undermine it. It's captured get these outcomes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. All right. Facebook blocked the accounts of two NYU ad observatory researchers studying political ads and misinformation on its platform. Facebook said they violated terms of service and participated in unauthorized data collection, while critics say Facebook is silencing the research. So did they try to say that they caught them doing Cambridge Analytica shit as an excuse because they had 
dug a little too close to uh, what Facebook was actually actually doing. Because so because so, there's researchers studying political ads and misinformation on Facebook. And then Facebook's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It seems like you violated our terms of service. By the way, I'll be taking your cell phones on the way out. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree with the critics on this one. I think this is just Facebook trying to silence them. Uh, so what they had done is they'd launched a tool last year on Facebook to collect data about the political ads people see. Around 16,000 people installed the browser extension, which enabled them to share data with the researchers about which ads the users are shown and then why those ads were targeted at them. Who made the extension? Facebook made it and people no. put it on? The, the researchers made it. The researchers yeah, made right. it. Right. But Facebook had to approve it, right? Apparently they... Oh, oh that's the first one. <laughs> yeah. It, so, but, but they did compare it to the Cambridge Analytica thing. They did? Said, hey, we don't, yeah, they oh, did. I was kind of proud of myself there. Uh, but but <laughs> the, Facebook approved it, but they also approved Cambridge Analytica too. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they said the researchers um, were gathering private information about Facebook users, which is uh, against TOS. Well, I mean, that's not false. Uh, I mean, this just means if you're going to find this out, you're not going to be able to get their assistance, basically, right? Yeah. And how else can well, you? Well, of course, they're is, not going to cooperate. Yeah, but... yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, this upsets me, but I don't know that I blame them. But I do want to know what the fuck they would have found or did. Right. Yeah. What do you, I mean, anything along those lines? You, they, there's doesn't seem to be anything at least they've released so far as to what any findings that they about your feelings oh i certainly would like to know what what what's what they would have found if they were allowed to continue with the study yeah do you think they actually might have found something or they would probably would have announced that it's Sixteen thousand like, is a super small subset of facebook's um users base i don't know that you get enough data out of there to really make something true. concrete but yeah, that's true uh, apple allows app app <laughs> Hey, Apple. Apple announced hey, Apple. a software update that will automatically scan for and detect child sexual abuse images stored on Apple devices or in the cloud. Uh, is it so? OK, so. First of all, I just want to be on the record saying I think this is great because I don't want to be on the record saying that I think that they're invading privacy um, on this type of a subject. Um, but so okay here's my understanding of it is that they have a database of pictures that have been flagged and they're all sort of like tagged somehow like the way cookies work on a website and or on your browser and if you share an image they will know by its tag popping up in their system is that accurate yeah, so they have AI that is trained to recognize certain images. Um, but but it, but it does mean that they've already been images that have been seen. Been flagged. It's and not like AI can't look at a picture and see that it's a child or something. And by the way, because no, that, that means that a human looks through these it. pictures the first. That's horrible. That would be the worst job ever. Uh, they're actually, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they did have people working at Facebook that had to look at every photo that was flagged and determine whether or not it was acceptable or not and yeah people talked about getting like ptsd from doing that job um that'd be, i mean that's got to be the most horrific job you can do at yeah. facebook i imagine they should get a hazardous pay for that yeah but so what they do is they they train an ai by feeding it all these images and so it can look for them and find them even if they've been modified slightly it can still wow. figure out 
Yeah. Um, and we've had that technology for a while. The fact that they're, I mean, the fact that they're deploying it like this is a little different. Um, I think t- Facebook was a, the company that sort of pioneered that, um, but other uh, tech companies have since adopted it as well. So you think they'll do this with anything else? Kind of think they should. Um, I mean, there is, I mean, I know you, the, <laughs> your preface, uh, there are some privacy concerns I could see because um, basically it is analyzing all of your data. So what's to stop it from? Well, that's, I, I think what's odd is like a headline about a company saying it's looking at every picture that goes through it. And that yeah. sounds like someone's looking at all your pictures. Yeah, I think for the most part, it's not being viewed by a person. Because they're not looking at all your pictures. They're looking if any of your pictures have these digital signatures. If they match, yes, if they have a signature match to, like the metadata. Yeah, okay. Yeah, That seems a lot less invasive. Yeah. Although, I'm sure there's something there that should upset. I'm sure there's a slippery slope argument somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But not on that subject. I think that's great. All right. You want to talk about oh, yeah. Mexico? And yeah. Does that mean yeah let you? me read it because I'll set okay. it up because you know more about it. Okay. So Mexico sued a group of U.S. gun manufacturers accusing them of reckless business practice. I'm saying this all like, like a dick. <laughs> accusing them <laughs> of reckless business practice uh-huh. that knowingly facilitate the legal trafficking of arms to violent drug cartels in Mexico. I, for, first of all, I like this. <laughs> I just like the sass of it. I read this headline. And I was like, "Good what? for you, Mexico!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, see so some details here. So on Wednesday, the Mexican government uh, sued these uh, gun makers, including Smith and Wesson, Barrett, Ruger, Colt, and a few others. Uh, they are estimating the damages from in economic loss to be ten billion dollars. What? What are they? Oh, to their country because of right. the guns being okay. All right, um, and so it seems really unlikely that this is going to actually get anywhere in court. It seems more like this is something they just want to draw the public's attention to. And perhaps oh, really? even, even the Biden administration to. Oh. So what, so what has happened over the years? We talk about the drug work we have talked about the drug war extensively on the show is so there's been uh, a huge effort to intercept drugs crossing the border between Mexico and the U S not so much with guns. Um, they're saying that it, in this article I was reading, said something like a, a group of a single cell of three or four people can traffic between 300 and 400 arms into Mexico every year. No problem. You don't get in, you don't get inspected going into Mexico. Like, yeah, yeah. When you drive uh, into Mexico, you just drive in. And like the, an esti- the big question is whether or not you got insurance or not. An estimated 200,000 firearms are illegally trafficked in from the U.S. every year. So the, the Mexican government has recently stopped cooperating with um, as far as like drug uh the, the dea uh really yeah having operations in mexico and they really? want to kind of yeah they want to kind of renegotiate this and i think what how this recently is more, uh in july so that's last month Just last month uh the mexican government said it was done with the merida initiative which is the u.s mexico drug war security agreement dating back to 2008 and they want to create new avenues for cooperation okay. so so oh, yeah that yeah that good just for happened. them i mean um so part of this lawsuit claims that these gun manufacturers are knowingly creating um, guns, merchandise that they know specifically the cartels want. Really? One of, yeah. So there's there's an example. Uh, Colt has a 38 caliber 
It's called the Emiliano Zapata 1911 edition. It's a gold-plated pistol engraved with a Zapata quote, it's better to die standing than to live on your knees. And and the gun is... The gun is coveted by cartel bosses. Okay. According to, okay, <laughs> sure, but also every like Hispanic LA gang member. Probably. Like, probably. I, and a nineteen eleven is an incredibly popular um Yeah, but this is very specific. Yeah, well it's a nineteen eleven that's plated in gold and marketed towards Hispanic people. And I find it kind of offensive for Mexico to say that it was directly targeted at them as a country. Meanwhile As I said, my fellow Hispanics in Los Estados Unidos can like that style of gun just find themselves. Just as, just as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, so there is a 2005 law uh, that protects gun manufacturers from suits like this. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of legal reasons that this doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere. But I, I think it's again, I think it's more of posturing uh-huh. by the Mexican government to try and figure something out. I mean, my first uh, thing I thought when I saw this was that Fast and Furious program uh, that Eric Holder <laughs> you was doing. Me that. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I just thought so it was funny. The you, said- D, would you, you thought it was cute that it was called Fast and Furious, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, do yeah. you think it's cute that the FBI ran a program called Fast and Furious where they intentionally sold guns to the Mexican cartels? But it's okay, Alan. Oh, it's wait, okay, wait. Alan. We were tracing them. This. We were tracing them. You think that we were selling them guns? No, 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 no. We wanted to see what they did with the guns. So like when they killed people with them, maybe, maybe they went hunting. Maybe they, Actually, you know, did that thing where they have a pool full of sharks and light bulbs and they, you know, I, like you don't Elvis? know they're going to kill. Yes. Like Elvis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the sharks. Actually, I, no, there was no sharks. Oh, Hey, we had, we got sharks in the show. Again. Hey, it's time um, for sharks. There's no time for sharks. No. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I forgot that it was called Fast and Furious, but I do recall that story. Yeah, and, it's fucking bullshit. Our government did that. Oh. They used our tax money to buy guns and sell them to the the, the Mexican cartels who also, killed people with it. somewhat hypocritically, the Mexican government itself buys thousands and thousands of guns from these same companies for <laughs> security. Do they buy those gold-plated ones like for the sheriff? Yeah, and, and in Mexico... Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of these guns that are in the hands of police and military forces tend to go missing. So strange. Uh, in the last, right? So in the did last, the police officers too, though. This is true. In the last two years, 341 long arms and 1,075 pistols from police and military so that's a forces pistola. have been reported missing in Mexico. How many? Eh, about 1,400 total. That's not a small amount. That's not a small amount. It's uh, two years, but yeah, still, that's not yeah, a small amount. Yeah. And that's so. reported missing too. Right. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's like when they're like, you know, like forty percent of police officers' uh, wives report domestic violence. It's like report domestic violence. Yeah. I'm guessing it's more than forty percent. It's I actually happening. That's not reported. Yeah. Not gonna say sorry if anybody listening is offended by that. You know what we do here, and none taken. None. Let's wrap up this Friday show with a little thing about the old Towley ban and the U.S.'s uh, excursion in Afghanistan. 20-year excursion. Yeah, yeah, just a little uh, long weekend. So the Taliban captured five provincial capitals in Afghanistan over the weekend, including the strategic city of, did you say it, Kunduz? Yes. Okay. So as an ongoing U.S. troop withdrawal nears completion. So they have five. They may even have more by now because it seems to be growing. It's Uh, nine. It's nine now. And there's, what, 30 provinces in Afghanistan? Yeah. Okay. So 
I, I believe the strategy is that the Taliban wants to encircle the city and then just choke out Kabul in the center, right? Not the city, the uh, the country. The, the capital. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that seems to I be mean, their strategy. And on, honestly, we, I say we, I, I think people thought that um, the Taliban would give it a pretty, pretty good go of this. I, I don't think anybody expected it to go this quickly. Mm -hmm. um, this is happening really fast. I mean, five to nine in the middle. And I think that's like this, this headline's like a day or two old. Mm -hmm. um, so they're moving really fast. It seems like most of it has been. So it hasn't been the uh, the bloody massacre that it could have been because the the Afghan military seems to just be withdrawing as the Taliban move forward and abandoning cities as soon as they find it untenable to keep them. Um, they it's are kind of the the par for the kind of, course kind, for kind the, of the MO. Yeah, yeah, like you've heard that from American soldiers, right? Right. Like the, and they've had so they've had certain elite. It's a good thing we spent that, twenty fucking years training them. Yeah, they've had certain elite units that were that were more capable if they were moving around from hot spot to hot spot. But it's just it's not enough. At, at this I, point. I feel bad there's, being critical because obviously there's people there who desperately care about that, but it just doesn't yeah. sound like enough of them do, right? And it, and like and by do I mean have the desired objective that the United States has over their internal civil war, which yeah. I would like to pause and say, you know, if it weren't for Osama bin Laden and us deciding that Afghanistan is where we're going to fight him for it, we wouldn't mm -hmm. care either. And we never would have cared to begin with. And just like, I just resent this much of my life being tied up in just such a fool's errand. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Just I, I, it's sad from every angle and every level. It just sucks. Um, they're reinstating Sharia law in these places where they've uh, taken over. Uh, women, girls can no longer go, go to school. Women can't go outside without a male family member. Um, it's just back to back to the old Taliban days. So like 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 the last twenty years didn't happen. I want to get. I want to commit to doing this, so I'm going to say it onto the episode. I want to get my buddy Brewer on here. He's a doctor, but it, when to go through med school, he was in the Air Force, and you kind of like toss the, you know, what is it? Toss the dice on that, and mm -hmm. you know, just hope you don't get shipped out. And you know, in his last year, he got shipped out, and he was in Afghanistan. From what I understand, he wasn't in like a forward position, and mm -hmm. he's a doctor. You know, he's not. Uh, infantry, you know, right, right. Still in a war zone. I, Still in a war zone. I, I want to get his insight on this because he's really articulate and funny and uh, very affable person. So I, I think he'd be able to talk about his experience there and this last year and a half with the pandemic um, in a really unique way that uh, I think our listeners would enjoy. I'd like to just talk to him uh, on here with you. So. If, yeah, definitely. I look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. And listeners, if you hear this, let us know. If you if you're tired of hearing about this, let us know that too. Um, DM me on Instagram, none taken pod. Um, last thing on that, the U.S. dispatched its Afghanistan peace envoy envoy to cut cut cutter. You know, I never cutter for cutter. talks with the Taliban, <laughs> and will press the Taliban to stop their military offensive and to negotiate a political settlement. You know, this is just what a Blinken saying yeah it's, what he's it's supposed not, to say like yeah it's not gonna happen yeah but people also say that we've kept a lot of um a lot of our troops at a, a strike distance like we can still provide air cover and we have been we have we have um 
we have planes in, in Doha, which is near, which we've used to um, support the Afghani troops uh, with air support. But it's just at this point, it's not enough. Uh, so. So you think we'd be better off just leaving there entirely or we would abandon people we've committed to if we did that? I, I mean, think either if, way if, we will. It, yeah, either way we yeah, either way we will. I, I think if we're going to do anything, I guess that's better than nothing, but it really sucks to have to make that choice, right? Like It does. Like we well, didn't I, have to be here. Yeah. And I mean every president, the last three presidents all said they were going to try and get out and, you know, I, I think every everybody's worst fear was this, but well, and if, we're seeing right we, now why they didn't want to do that yeah, because yeah. even because even if it didn't go this way, you already heard people at the beginning of this happening, like the people that screamed anti-war, anti-war, just like me, as soon as Biden didn't were, did it, were critical of the way he did it. And it's right. like, you know what? I don't care. And I said that under Trump. I said, I don't care. If the one good thing you yep, do is in these wars, I might vote for you. Like, I remember. Yeah. And, and he, he didn't do it. Yep. No, because all he does is talk. Because, <laughs> right. His talk is cheap, motherfucker. All right. Hey, isn't he supposed to be president again like oh, this week? Yeah, uh, this show will come out on fucking Friday, I think. So maybe this will be your inauguration. Uh, what do they call it? A reappointment? They say he's going to be sure. re reinstalled. 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 It's like they took the Trump out, turned it upside down, blew on it a little bit, and then it back jammed in. it back in. You got to push yeah. it in real like gentle at first and then like firmly, you know. Yeah. yeah and then you get down. your Trump back in. All right. Uh, that's it for me. God bless. Cheers. Drive safe. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. Now this is podcasting.